Well, hello. Remember us? C A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts to Blue Wire. Shouts to our longtime friends, American Fireworks in Hudson, AmericanFireworks.com. Uh, need that last second holiday gift. They have gift certificates. Need something to blow up once the weather gets nice or for New Year's Eve. Um, look them up. <laughs> Tell them A to Z sent you. They've been known to take good care of you. So think, wait, uh, wait, think about that. I've never thought about getting fireworks as a Christmas gift. <laughs> and in the way this year is going, that may be the perfect gift. I didn't even think of it until you said it. Wow. Yeah. So um, guys, we appreciate We love you. Well, most, most of you. I mean, we, we pride ourselves on, on being honest. We love a lot of you. <laughs> Maybe not most. You know, uh, we don't love, let me start with this. I don't love the assholes that are on Twitter that are blaming like the the NFL for this COVID breakout or blaming teams. Shut up, you idiots. Go yes. ahead. Yes. Um, so Dre went ahead and picked up another job. <laughs> and he we're back to a situation where he works at night and I work during the day. And I wake up and wait for a notification of whether we can go to Berea or everything's on Zoom, of whether the Browns have a team or they don't. <sighs> and um, So you add a couple holidays and a road trip and all that, and it's been a few weeks. So there's like a million things we can talk about. Um, and I'll, I'll piggyback on, on how Dre chose to start it by saying this. There is not a conspiracy against the Cleveland Browns, okay? No. In, in, in honor of Dre's new buddy, get that weak stuff out of here. <laughs> and it's not a conspiracy about Cleveland either. It's just a reality. Here's how the conversation will go. Person A, you know, this is a really bad look if we make the Browns play. Person B, representing the NFL. Yeah, and 95% of people or 99% of people will be done being mad about it by the time the game ends at 7.30 Saturday and we'll be on with the rest of our week and the rest of our lives. Yes. So, barring 20 more guys going on the COVID list, the Browns are going to play at 4.30 on Saturday. Stefanski said it. He's trying to do and say the right thing. Um, it is ridiculous. There is going to need to be a fix somewhere where yeah. asymptomatic vaccinated yeah. guys. But listen, this in is our whole country, though, no, it's just not an yes. NFL thing. It's not just an NBA right. thing. In our whole country, we have to figure out a way. Here's the one deal, and I hate starting like this, but you know what? Fuck it. Well, Dre, for, for a year and a half now, we've hated talking yeah, about it, but it's hung right. over almost everything. And right? it's still there. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for saying that. But you know what? At the end of the day, everybody needs to get vaccinated so we don't all die from it and so the hospitals aren't loaded up. The quicker everybody's vaccinated, the quicker we get out of this. But we got so many people that have conspiracy theories and want to try to compare lung cancer to it and things of that nature that aren't. Like, it's just this is what we're going through is the, the stupidity of America. And as long as we want to be stupid, we got to deal with stupid shit. But I will say this. Excuse my language. Excuse all the curse words. But I miss Zach. I nah, miss fuck that. This. You don't have to apologize. Thank you. <laughs> fuckity, 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 fuck. Watch your ass. And your hands. That still, that still's in play, by the way. I still see some nasty motherfuckers go to the bathroom and not wash their hands. What the? After a year and a half of this COVID shit, I can't believe you. some of you motherfuckers go to the bathroom and touch your little stinky peepees and don't wash your fucking hands afterwards. What is wrong with you guys? I see old people do it, young people do it. No, I'm not shaking your hand. I don't even want to elbow you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Clean your hands. Damn. All right. I, I, I didn't want to start this way, but this is how we're going. Yeah. Um, I feel I don't feel bad for you. Never mind. I'm not going to lie. I can't understand people that live life in that woe is me. Oh, they're playing against us. They're trying to hurt us. They're doing this against 
I mean, you suck as an individual. You really do. Like, how do you enjoy life? What, what fun part of life do you have? Like, I, I can't understand going through life and you see everything through these tenant windows of, oh, they're trying to hold us back. Oh, they're against us. You suck. God bless you. I'll pray for you this Christmas Eve because you need it. I mean, just a terrible way to live. Um, and, I won't and pray for you on Christmas Eve because I'm going to the bar in Green Bay. I ain't going to church. You're going to Appleton. <laughs> You're going to be looking for a Rob Ryan to bring you a fucking big-ass steak at 1130 p.m. <laughs> All right, time out. <laughs> One of the best A to Z stories ever. Glory Days presented by American Fireworks, even though we haven't done this in a while. Um, for a long time, and I don't know if this is the case because this, this story goes back 15 or more years. Um the Browns and other NFL teams had to stay in Appleton because there wasn't a hotel in Green Bay sufficient enough for an NFL traveling party and meeting rooms and all that stuff that you need, right? So there was one in Appleton. I'm assuming everybody stayed at the same one, right? Yeah. The one with the steakhouse and everything. There wasn't a lot else there, right? Yes. So we went in the summer, preseason. And preseason when you work inside a team is, you know, when you go on the trip, it's fun. And even in Appleton – um, frankly, it's perfect. It's better than going to LA or Miami in the regular season because it's low key, but you need out. So you need to sleep and you need out because you've training yes. camp has been eight days a week and all these odd hours. And so you sleep on the plane, you do your stuff and you go out and relax. And where most times for 23 years now, Brown's trips have resulted in a one o'clock Sunday game. Most preseason games are at night. So you go on Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night, and you're allowed to let loose because you don't work till the next night. Right. So, all that being said, it's a Saturday morning in Appleton, Wisconsin. It's almost afternoon. We're in our 20s. We, oh, we, we need some lunch. We've, we've oh, overdone man. it. We've overdone the sleep. We've overdone the drinking. We need some lunch. And we go outside. I believe it's a Ramada, maybe. Radisson. Radisson. It's a Radisson Hotel yeah, in Appleton. Something like that. Radisson. And that's how I, Appleton yes. Appleton is basically like Berea is like the best way I can describe. It. Yes, and it's basically like Cleveland to Akron from Green Bay. Yes, yes. It's it's far enough to be far, but it's not ridiculously far. So anyway, I come out the the steps of the Appleton Radisson. There's a Jimmy John's right next door, basically connected. I'm waiting for Dre. I turn around and I see our buddy Jimmy Donovan. And <laughs> Jimmy Donovan's standing there on the sidewalk, and he's white as a ghost. And this is a problem because it's August. Right. Uh, yeah. And here comes Dre and we approach Jimmy and the look on his face indicates someone might have died. Like <laughs> it's not like <laughs> is something wrong? It's like what's wrong? Right. Jimmy, Jimmy's right. pretty animated guy um, to start with. And Jimmy says, we can't find Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> We so got it's like 15 noon. stories like this. Yes. <laughs> so it's noon on Saturday, <laughs> probably six hours from kickoff in a place that's not easy to get to. No. 40 miles from a game, it's in a place that's not easy to get to. <laughs> He's doing the TV. Bernie's the color commentator, and we can't find Bernie. <laughs> He's not answering calls. He wasn't on the team flight. There's only about two commercial flights a day to Green Bay or Appleton from anywhere in Ohio. Or Miami, and we can't find Bernie. No kidding, no kidding, and neither. <laughs> and I believe we got there about four hours later to the stadium, and about fifteen or twenty minutes after Bernie showed up. Right, but until then, there was no contact with Zero. Bernie. He was on his own quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> he been quarantined. The nineteen was above. He was above you guys way before you even knew. I, that wasn't the only time that happened. And I, maybe that <laughs> you yeah. matter. 
But you matter. So, you look, matter. In, in one, yeah, the, I, I'm glad. I, I was going to say sorry for taking that detour. That would have been wrong. I'm glad we took that detour. No, we didn't um, detour. Yes, just quick thing here because it is the news of the day. And the Browns are still playing for the playoffs. And maybe or maybe not, we'll get to for all the what? Of that. Playoffs? Playoffs? We can't score 17 goddamn points. Playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> we can't score in the fourth quarter. Playoffs? Here's the, go ahead. Give the news of the day, but it's hard to talk about the Browns because everybody I really want to talk yeah. about has fucking COVID, and yeah. I feel bad talking about them when right. they have COVID. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I could do a whole episode. I could do a whole 20-episode uh, production on Urban Meyer. Right. Oh my God! I want. Yeah. 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 So just just two things there to to get it out there because everybody does jump to an angle and there is news like every five minutes something okay. else. Right. Um, J C Treader, the players' union president, plays for the Browns. You know that. He has been adamant that more testing is the answer because more testing is the way to prevent this because he's saying that unvaxxed guys get in there with it and then they spread it and then it leads to this. Right. Yeah. And also, this is everywhere. We fought it. We've done this. Look. There was Thanksgiving. There was the bye week. There was players going out after the game. There's players going out in the community. Yeah. I am not for one second questioning anyone's intentions when it comes to the community stuff. Uh, I'm saying guys know yeah. what's at stake. They've done – and it's here because guess what? Everybody gathered with their friends for Thanksgiving. No doubt. Everybody went somewhere. And so when you go anywhere, I'm not singling out a player or a group of players. It's, well, it's not right? even players. This is life. It's yeah. life, right. Like, and you're – because you said something. I mean, I'm going through it with. I'm, I got to be careful. Um, I don't want to be judgy of people. Never, especially in their everyday lives. Because you just said it. Who are we to say where? You, who am I to say who you should have hung out with, or who you, Mindy should have hung out with, or who Jen should have hung out for Thanksgiving? Um, I wouldn't take it real well if, if somebody tried to tell me what I should and shouldn't do. And saying that, and this isn't patting myself on the back, Zach. And I know you. We, we, we've made sacrifices, over you and I, and, and there's many people listening to this podcast that have made sacrifices and done things a little bit differently because of the situation. Um, because I fly on a plane with a, a team and I don't want to be the cause of a spread of the team, um, and because I'm next to players daily right now, I didn't ask for this, but I am, and I am tested daily or every game day damn near. Um, I didn't do Thanksgiving like I always have. Of course, we didn't do Thanksgiving last year the way we did. Did I still see family? Yes. Was it a little bit more spread out, a little bit different? Yeah, because in the back of my mind, I don't want to be the cause of, of, the, of the, you know, the studio getting shut down. Um, does that mean I'm better than the people in our group that didn't do that? No. But it's there. And I think this is part of, in, in, in all honesty, um, you know, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks, and right now we're at this point in time. And I said this to somebody, one of the team doctors or somebody, I was like, I just want, like, the mental burden, the mental, like, I, I can't wait till we get back to life where you don't have that mental thing of, you know, should I go to should I go to eat here? Should I go do this? Should I be around this group of people? Should I, am I too close? Did I, like, I, I, it's a mental block right now. I'm being, and I'm just being honest. Like, um, it's been nice to get back to some normalcy for me in my job. Uh, and we've talked about this on this podcast. Um, what I thrive in and, and where I thrive in life is I like being around people. I like, I like talking with people. I like, I like, I and like people being for some people. reason, like watching you. Yeah. It so continues like to amaze me. Yeah. They pay me for it. The shit's amazing. It is. Um, it is. Like, and I'm, I'm, but at the same time, um, 
I mean, we're all going. I'm not saying I think I'm trying to just say what we're all probably feeling and thinking. And a lot of us aren't saying it out loud. Some people don't have choices. There are a lot of jobs out there still that have no fucking choice. And they got to walk into it and they got to deal with it. And and that's who I will be praying for on Christmas Eve. Um, Like you said, I can't put people down for trying to help in the community. And, and going out and doing, you know, chop with a jock. And that's a part of being an athlete. That's one of the great things of being able to be able to do and to give back. Um, but at the same time of saying that, you know, athletes in their 20s, and you just told that great story. We burnt the candle at both ends for a long time in our life. And, and God knows when, it was, when it's right and I can still do it, I will try. Um, so like I can't three times a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then be down for four days. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, like uh, on some hands, when I see some things and know some things and I've brought it up on, 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 on podcast, like I get what it's like to be in your twenties and it's hard to say, Hey, go give out toys to some kids at Toys R Us tomorrow at six. And then your boys text you at nine and say, Hey, let's go get a drink and let's go see, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you don't go do it. That's what you do in your 20. I, I get it. We're just at, we're at a messed up stage. Yes. Like, no. like my half of the Miami Heat's broadcast team is staying in Cleveland right now and they can't go anywhere because they caught COVID. I, like it, it, it sucks. And it's just, it's just the reality of where we're at and nobody's holding anything against the Browns. It just sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily singling out anyone. I'm saying this is what they did, how, how it went. Right. Just like I'm not necessarily singling out anyone for saying, you know, 17 points is enough to win a game. Right. Like there's a lot that goes into it. Funny. OK. Funny is funny. Like, real quick. Funniest thing I heard on the radio yesterday. And I won't say the radio station or the call or the or the people. But they were going through after Baker went on the thing on the uh, COVID list. And they were like, well, do you, you know, are you do you, do you still think they could they can have enough offense to beat the Raiders? And. I want to call it and say, hey, you dumbasses, they can't score when they got everybody. What the hell makes you feel better than not going to have any starters? Like, like, the talk was just so stupid. It was like, well, I want to be like, they don't score when they have the starting unit. What kind of conversation is this, you idiots? <laughs> yeah. Um, Clowney, Garrett, and Ward, Ooh. specifically the latter, too. I mean, those dudes are winning. Those dudes are, are tack, producing hey, tack, for you. Yeah, tack was, tack was awesome. Too. Tack was great, right? It was his first big game in a long time, but he was great. He, when I went back and watched, um, I'll just, yeah. I mean, when I went back and watched, I actually felt worse about the offense and better about the defense. Best play the offense has had in the last three weeks has been pass interferences on the other defense. No, no or, doubt. Seriously, under all their drives, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, all their drives that they've scored touchdowns on for the most part in the last month they've come with pass interference calls being a big part of it. That's scary. Um, I was yelling this and screaming this, and I'm, I'm going to stand on this, and this is the only place I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say it on Twitter or anywhere else. I told you all to leave the defensive coordinator alone. I told you all that once they played together for a little while, this defense would be better. And I don't do that. I told you all very often because that's a dickhead move, and I'll be a dickhead right now. You guys talk so much shit about not knowing what the hell you were talking about when it came to defense, and this defense has saved your team's life you would have no air to breathe if the defense hasn't shown up the way it's shown up basically all season because 17 ain't, i'm about to make a song about 17 and it ain't gonna be about what, what, what r kelly's age limit like 17 is like they can't go that's the low they can't go no higher <laughs> like if you could score 20 fucking points you would you would be winning the division well i mean how about it like 
And here's here's what's extra crazy. All four division teams might lose again this week. Yep. Matter of fact, now that now all four are underdogs. And I think we've proven over the last Friday episodes that we don't know shit about picking games. More on that in a minute. But I said <laughs> yeah. to a friend this morning. I'm I core, said, I'll be back this week. <laughs> I said, um, you know, nine, like nine wins could still win it. And if we were smart, we would just parlay against all four AFC North teams and see how it goes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I don't know why I love this so much, but I love that. <laughs> I mean, the Ravens stink, folks. Stink. They just don't. They're out of guys. They're out of guys. They, yeah, well, I, everybody got mad at me because I said that they were a G, JV team. Well, if they got NFL uniforms, they're NFL. Shut up. That's their JV. They've been playing with a JV team basically since like end of September, to be completely honest. Yeah. And they still are, you know, like when you say they stink, and I, you know, I always jump on certain words and run with them, and, mm-hmm. and I like like everyone else. Um, they, you know, it's like the Steelers to the Steelers as a as a. But this is a conversation you and I have been having about the Browns all year. And the thing I kept saying to you was like, yeah, they've got a talented roster. That doesn't mean you're a good team. Like the Steelers don't have a talented roster right now. The Ravens don't have a talented roster right now. Correct. But shit, they play hard and they play with some pride and they play for something. And, and, any- and they don't and they just don't roll the ball out and think that they're gonna lose or win. They make you earn a victory. And that's where the Browns have to get. They have to make teams earn whatever they get, whether it's you playing tight end, falling down after three-yard catches and two-yard screens backwards, or if it's the guy that's paid $50 million to do that. <laughs> I've, t- I've told this before, and a lot of you guys know this. I keep my direct messages open. I feel like it's my job to, to, commun- to have a line of communication, right? And a lot of times that means for – coaches for agents for other people in the media business, but for whatever, right? I don't care if you can DM me. I don't care if you have your email address. We've been down the road with the phone number thing, whatever. So the other day I get a DM. And again, you you always like have a little bit of curiosity. I'm not going to say heart rate, but a little bit of curiosity of who this is going to be, especially when it's not someone I've interacted with before, because at least the Twitter app that I use, it puts them in a different folder, right? It lights up and says message request. So it's an anonymous person named Mr. Jiggles. I've never interacted with this person before. And this person's um, 206 yesterday, direct message to me. It appears that Austin Hooper caught COVID and then fell down after four yards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i almost feel like it's a burner account for a browns employee i swear to god it probably is <laughs> i mean you know what and once again i like i don't i'm not bad at austin hooper matter no. of fact find out his agent we need to get him that agent man he, he, he man and you can yeah, tell look. me he's a great blocker you can tell me all this great stuff and maybe well, but dog. <laughs> in the history of this podcast, whether we've been right, whether we've been wrong, whether we've said stuff we listened seven years later and regretted, whether we said <laughs> stuff we keep doubling down on because we're absolutely right. Um, I would say one thing, one of the things that's been really consistent, Dre, is we've said in pro sports, just get hot at the right time. Yep. And yep, yep, yep. For, for various reasons in the AFC North, if any team can get hot right now, they can get in the playoffs. And, I, you know, I don't think any of these teams can beat Kansas City. As a matter of fact, I think they'd all lose by 21-plus in January yeah. in Arrowhead. But the Bengals are going to win the division. I, I kind of think that right now, too. But I think it's what's disappointing for the Browns is, yeah, they had all this stuff go on, and there is stuff that hangs over everything, right? Mm-hmm. Most, most of which, you know, people know can figure out 
um, even before this week. But, you know, when you fight and claw your way to seven and six and when you're in this division, and even this week, you know, it's it's disappointing now to, to look. But even this week, like, there is a scenario where nine and eight still wins this division. I don't yeah. think the Ravens can win another game. Uh, they, but they will. But they, they will. will. But you're right. But see, <laughs> you're probably right. That's and that's my point about respecting. And this is to everybody listening. You don't have to like them, but there are certain organizations that you have to respect. They they do stink. They got. They should get. If like you said, we could parlay. We really could parlay. They they lose the last four or five. And I would feel strong about it. Like, I'd put $100 down on it. But I wouldn't be surprised in the next three weeks or four weeks where I'd be like, shit, I knew better. Right? Like, yeah, I'd be like, you know that for whatever reason, and I know everybody gets their jokes in. I mean, for everybody that was joking, and, and we, this is the last thing we can say about this Browns, because what's coming up Saturday, they should beat the Raiders. The Raiders are incomplete. Uh, they've got issues bigger than what we're going through. Um, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's saying a whole lot. But as an organization, they have no backbone. They have no identity. They want to have the identity that the, their their former owner had. Their son, the son that owns the team now, is a shell, 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 shell of what his papa was. Um, typical, though. Usually, you know, the silver spoon kid or the silver haired kid or this whatever kind of haircut, crop top cap he's got on, whatever is on his head, uh, falls very far from who his daddy was. Um, and then just what's going on with Gruden and the players. Um, they're, they're, you can tell they're in shell shock. Matter of fact, I think the running back just had another baby two seconds ago. Um, that's nor here nor there. I, I just think that this, this Browns team has had everything kind of set up for them to run away with this division. And for as many people sat around and, and really start, you know, enjoying their beers last week, it was a damn shame that that football game got that close that late. I mean, that was a game that they won, and 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 as Zach said earlier, because of the work of the defensive ends, uh, Ward deserves all the money he can get. Um, there is a conversation at some point in time for us to have about Miles Garrett and him trying to put his foot down. And Browns fans, don't get mad at me because this is this is just the truth. I love Miles Garrett, and he lives close to me, so I ain't gonna talk too much shit. <laughs> yeah. But he especially ain't this new Miles, he'll come right after anybody. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm about to go delete every tweet I ever had, even insinuating um, sarcasm yeah. or anything with him. Yeah, I ain't messing with Miles. <laughs> I am not messing with Miles. But the defensive player of the year is Michael Parsons. What he has done for that Cowboys defense is unbelievable. Like, he's got that one play that Miles made on Sunday. Parsons has made, like, three of those every other week. <laughs> for like, he's changed the Cowboys defense. That's nor here nor there. I just hear these fights, and we talk about why. Um, just Parsons literally may win rookie of the defensive rookie of the year and rookie defensive player of the year. That's how yeah. good his year has been. Um, two, two quick things. One, I want to make clear that I respect the hell out of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just saying. I know you do. Team that's lost its top three DBs, its top two running backs, one of the best left tackles in football. Uh, all, all this stuff. Like they, they are best playing D-tackles. practice squad DBs. Yeah. Yes. 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 And, like, it's really hard. Uh, the way they run offense, Dre, I mean, they do that old-school inverted wishbone shit, and, like, when they have their guys, it's impossible because you have to respect everything from the traditional run plays and counter-run plays to triple option to Lamar flings at 50 yards down the field. Right. Now, with Lamar back there with Jim Thorpe and Devontae Freeman, you only have to respect Lamar, you know, chucking it down the field. <laughs> so many kids. I just went over so many people's head. That was good. That was damn good. And secondly, like, I, I just – I'm going to write about Clowney next week in full disclosure. Um, 
I really like the guy. He's not opened the door to us at all. Um, very much. Right. I really like the guy. I would tell you and I would tell him it's a fascinating and difficult proposition because he is going to be 29 next year because he does carry lingering injuries and does carry a reputation for pressing that button um, when he wants to. But when he presses that button, oh, my God, <laughs> it's oh, it's yeah. pretty good. And I asked Miles, this, this will all be in the story. I'm not going to give it all away, obviously. But I asked Miles last week what he liked most about Clowney. And I was kind of um, at hoping he would tell me something away from the field because that those have been hard to get. But he said there are a lot of guys who can read an offense and read a play in freelance. He said, but a lot of times those guys have to wait and wait and wait, and they even have to come in the huddle and tell their teammates, hey, by yeah. the way, this time I'm not going to this gap. I'm going to the other one because I've got to tell Right. It makes he sense. Clowney just all of a sudden knows. And he said he, – he didn't say – that's why the button gets pressed sometimes and doesn't, or that it, right, or that it right. even does and doesn't. He said that's why sometimes you look up and before the quarterback's even in his drop, you see somebody's helmet getting knocked off because he <laughs> just decides this is the play that I'm going to jump inside and fucking decapitate someone. Oh, well, the great right. ones can do that though. The that's great like, ones can do that, and yeah, and like he see has things the rest of us don't see right, and so it's not just the long arms, the explosion that it's that all that with the feel and. I mean, if you ask him, had he never gotten hurt, he would be, you know. And, and listen, shout out to Miles and T.J. Watt, too. I mean, T.J. Watt is beating Miles and Saxon, has played in only 10 games. 10 the games, guy is yeah. a fucking monster. Yeah. And Miles, who's always been a fucking monster, to me has taken it to a different level this year. He finally got the strip sack and the crazy bounce to validate it. But I think when you really watch those games, you get an appreciation for what he's yeah. doing. It is so clear that he affects the other team starting on Monday, yep. starting at 101 and still at 410 when games are curiously alive because your fullback plays in your hands team. Um, <laughs> ah, boy. Hey, referee wanted to start some shit today. I actually listened to him talk. I heard I heard him kind of get kind of thought dog. <laughs> I heard like, I wanted to be like, go ahead, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> so that's I the reason know. I listen to those press conferences, by the way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so like, I got like, I, I just got a text. I got like 15 minutes. So tell us about the Cavs. I'm not, you know, I, I am not qualified enough i ha- i haven't seen enough uh yeah, i will say yeah. that I, I will say in general what i've always said that they needed some good juju they needed to grab people's attention and i will say that people that i know that they really love basketball and know something about ins and outs of basketball really appreciate the Cavs yeah. too so now they you play, play yeah. for a month I'm or so you, i'm glad you start that way they <laughs> yeah. play a great they play a great brand of basketball um jamie bickerstaff and let me let, one other thing i gotta say um Great draft pick by the Cleveland Browns and JOK. They, I mean, you and I, if you were listening today to Z around the draft, we brought up JOK and we brought up, you know, that he was undersized and this and that. And I remember you saying, you know, you and I going back and forth, and I was like, they drafted him to stop um, Lamar Jackson. And what did he do? He, he, I mean, he's playing 100 miles an hour. Will he ever play 17 games in a season? No, but not many will. Uh, but if he's healthy when the Ravens come to town and, and really – any quarterback that's athletic, he can make a difference in passing downs and it's a passing league. So kudos to Andrew Barry and his staff for making a draft pick that was pretty good. The third round pick was a waste, but as Dustin Fox said, somebody made him a third round pick too. Shit happens. All right. <laughs> Did he really say that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, give, I give Dustin credit. I wouldn't have said it. He said it, so I'll give him credit. <laughs> um, uh, to the Cavs, J.B. Bickerstaff, yeah. I didn't know a lot about him a month and a half ago. I knew, I read clippings. I knew who his father was. 
Um, I, I read about him. I'm thoroughly impressed by him, and it's not because I'm thoroughly impressed. And and you guys know, and our friends that are basketball coaches that listen, shout out to uh, uh, Zach's big little brother. I almost called him your big brother. Shout out to Zach's little brother. You know, he, he's doing his thing over there in the chest. The one on the hot seat? Is that who you're talking yeah, about? Already? <laughs> Athletic director want to fire his ass already? <laughs> I'll come to a game double masked up. Don't worry. I'm coming soon. Um, Bickerstaff has just been – he's been awesome. Like, he's – to me, I wish more people knew him, but this city is how it is, and with COVID, and just has been a weird two years. And and hopefully, with how the team is playing, we're getting a better insight to why he is the perfect person for this team. Um, because I got to tell you, in and out of timeouts, Zach, he just knows, and it's awesome that they've let me in as close as I am. He knows what buttons to push. Um, he lets Kevin Love sometimes break down huddles or break down play. Like he'll come in with the play sometimes. And, you know, he'll say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to go flat here and we're going to come out with the pick on this side and we're going to flip, you know, J.A. and we're going to flip Evan Mobley to do something like this. And I'll give Kevin, man, the, the resurgence of Kevin Love is phenomenal because everybody and their mom, including him, wanted him the hell out of Cleveland at this time last year. And because uh, Kevin's dad knew Bernie Bickerstaff, J.B.'s dad, they go back like they go back to their dads. Their dads played coached with each other. Um, Kevin has a true respect for JB Bickerstaff and JB sold him on the perfect way to sell him. And, and, and Kevin Love was honest with me. He was like, man, JB sold me. And he goes, and I have so much respect for JB and JB and Kevin Love were together in Minnesota as well. So they have a relationship there. And Kevin said when he was struggling as a you know, rookie and early in his career, JB Bickerstaff was one of the guys that kind of helped him see the light. And when JB sold him this year, look, you're not starting. You're not going to play him over more than 20 minutes, but I need you and Ricky Rubio to buy into this. And he was like, at first, I was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to start, but what else? He goes, but then I saw those three seven-footers, and I saw how hard they worked, and I was like, fuck, I'm getting with this. <laughs> like, you know, like he, like, instantly saw how they played and how they set it up. Um, they're interchangeable. They're fun, man. They, what they truly are, Zach, and I even bought a Coliseum – uh, sweatshirt for myself when I was Christmas shopping yesterday because that's our <laughs> Christmas shop. Me first, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> they didn't have my size in the team shop. I, yeah, that's a whole other story. It is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking what? of things that are a series of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, they are, they're a little reminiscent of the Cavs teams that we grew up on, man. With the Brad Do- And Brad Doherty I've gotten to work with. He's my favorite person on this planet. First time I heard him say "motherfucker," I think I wanted to call home to my dad and say he's the best dude ever. Um, Brad, they, but they remind you of the Brad Doherty, Larry Nance senior teams, the original shit your pants, Larry Nance, Mark Price, because they're really good guys. And I tweeted this the other day. The best way I can say this is because there is no, um, there's no real expectation. Like this is the best time. It's like a relationship. This is the honeymoon stage. Um, you know, like there's no fighting about money, contracts. They all feel good because they're all winning together and they're learning in the NBA all at the same time. And they're realizing, holy shit, we can be really good. Um, this is the best time to be around a team. There was better, there was more walk-up tickets bought in the last three home games I heard. Tonight, I think it should be a good one. Um, the only thing that can shut them down is what's shutting down everything else, COVID. Right, right. Um, they, you know, and, and JB has said the perfect thing, and, and he's, he's not satisfied. Like, he sold them on all of this. But his thing is, he said the other day, he was like, shit, we still don't have a signature win. He goes, we still got a lot of work to do. And, he, and I asked him a question the other day because, um, you know, the three – playing the three seven-footers was questioned by a lot of people. Um, and 
at first, teams were like, well, fuck it. We'll play three guards and run those tall motherfuckers off the court. That has not worked. Now, all of a sudden, I'm watching teams change their lineups against them. And I asked JB about that, and he said, well, Dre, I told you. He goes, the first thing we had to do was get respect. And he goes, and you get respect when coaches and other teams are, are changing their lineups and making their lineups different because of what we're doing. He goes, so now that we've gotten that respect, now we have to counterreact, and we've got to beat whatever they come at us with and however they – so that's going to be the fun part. They've had the toughest schedule in basketball. Jared Allen is, a, is the most lovable seven-footer of all time. The more Cleveland gets to know him, you're going to fall in love with him. Evan Mobley is 20 years old and, and literally makes me feel like a, like a dad, like he's just so young and quiet. Um, Lowry Markinen is still trying to figure out how, why I talk so fast. And since I got a mask on half the time and a half long, he doesn't know when I'm talking English and when I'm talking English. But that's okay, Lowry. We're going to work it out. Um, Darius Garland is, is, is a phenomenal – like, they just have, – they have a fun team. Well, that's and all Kevin, good to hear. And Ricky Rubio is, is, is great too. Like, so this is fun. And, and if you haven't watched, man, um, get, get engaged. They are a fun team to watch is all I will say. Yeah, you know, at later times, both, both just here because we're squeezed and because, you know, I think it can wait. We'll, we'll talk about what's definitely next and what might be next for that team, right? But I, I just thought – again, without knowing a thing about the internal workings, um, they needed to bring some energy back to the fan base. Yes. Um, some confidence to themselves too, right? Yeah, and, no, for um, sure. And they needed it. And you know, like, you know, I asked this, I got to say this, J- JB, I asked JB how he got his guys to work throughout the offseason. Like Jared Allen signed a $100 million contract, never left Cleveland. Like even before he signed the contract, Zach, he stayed here and was working out in, in independence every day with no contract until he got the contract and then just kept working out. And, you know, he was just, you know, for so long, he was just a, you know, um, pick, you know, pick and dunk guy, pick and, 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 and block shots. He's developing shit. And I asked, you know, JB, I was like, how did you know that you could change this? And he goes, Dre, we took so many ass whoopings. He goes, I told these dudes, you're talented, but all, if the, all these ass whoopings don't make you work hard and want to be something different, then you're, then I don't want you. <laughs> and, he goes, these ass whippings meant something. They don't want their asses beat anymore. Yeah, no, listen, we, we know from, from following Browns and talking Browns here, um, as we do, the, the culture is not built overnight, right? And it, not, not with one win, not with one year, not with one guy. So you get guys to buy in and you believe, and then eventually, you know, you believe in something like Smart, Tough, Accountable. It takes a while to, yeah. to really know who is that, to really know who is on board. Sometimes it takes adversity to know what you're doing. So – um, you know, operationally this week, Dre, like I think the Browns will be just fine. Stefanski will coach from home unless he gets back. Prefer's done it. Alex Van Pelt's done it. Um, you just think, look at a team that's missing so many guys on both sides of the ball, and specifically their offensive tackles, and uh, you know, two wide receiver team down to one, a three tight end team down to. Hopefully, the two guys will be back, but yeah. you know, basically. <laughs> I mean, they're having three walkthroughs today. They're not having practice. Right. Physically, at this time of year, you, you're you pretty much walking through anyway, but like you would like to have a football practice before you play a football game, right? Especially right. when you're bringing in tight ends who weren't on your active roster. Um, hey, the one thing they were good at last year, though, was they, they the guys they brought up to the practice squad were decent enough players. Let's see if they can do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I think the personnel department has done a really good job at finding some of these guys. And I think, look – if I go left to right, Hans, Betonio, Treader, Dunn, Hudson, it's clearly not the group that they intended to. It's no worse a group than the Steelers and Bengals tried out every right. week. 
exactly. talent. It's just guys haven't done it. And if you do get hurt, you're into playing a tackle from South Carolina State that's never played before. And the reason he's never played before is he's a developmental prospect. He's not good enough, right? right. Um, right. You're going to have to with, with Blake Hans playing out of position and James Hudson making his third NFL start, right? It, it, two years removed from being a deep college defensive lineman, you're going to have to block Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Ooh, yeah, ooh. so you better run the hell out of the ball, and they'll try yeah. to do that. I think and they, they got to. Right. Yeah, I think they will. So Urban Meyer, um, oh, we told you, you we did a whole episode on it a couple yeah. of months ago when the the finger thing came out, um, the hands thing, whatever you want to call it. He's a joke. Um, no one will ever say a good word about him in anything other than winning and recruiting. You know, right. and no one is surprised well, that either at it, what came out or how he handled it. Um, he doesn't see a fucking foot in front of him. He never does. Him being an NFL coach is a, is a total never, joke. It's a total joke. He never has no business being there. But I will say this, and I texted you this late at night after a couple of beers because I hadn't drank in a while um, <laughs> just because of my schedule. But I text you to bring this up, and I know we don't have a lot of time. And really, it, it hits home even more now because Deion Sanders is turning the world upside down at uh, HBCU. This is a series of podcasts too, but go ahead. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't even want to get all the way into it. Yes. But Doug Gottlieb is showing off his white uh, – uh, his white <laughs> – I <I'll... laughs> Yeah, we fucking know he's racist. Fuck him. Anyway, he's wearing his white towel right now, uh, waving the flag for what everything the certain coaches. Look, I will say this about college sports, the NILs and everything else. I'm not. I'm. I'm a fan for the right people getting paid. It is the wild, wild west right now. The NCAA did not prepare this self properly for what's going on, um, but it's their fault. It's, it's the people in charge's fault because they, they sucked the tit dry and made all the money they possibly could. And when the rules got changed, no one was prepared to do this right by the players, by the families, by the coaches. And you can tell the Dabble Sweeney's of the world are losing control of something they've controlled for so long when they were making all the money. And now they hate when the shoe was in the other foot. Yeah, I no, that, chuckle a little bit. That's absolutely true. We are very much in stage one of this whole thing, but that's absolutely true. Um, and we'll see, you know, w- some of these things we're never going to know the real numbers. Um, I we no. certainly encourage the kids to go get it because specifically in football, it's, the career is not there for very long. Um, with with the mullet quarterback, you know that that left and and he's still he's still supposed to be in high school, right? right so right. this was stacked against him. But I had several multiple little birdies tell me he's just not good. Like no, of course not. The hype yeah. was never going to match. And it's no, not God just bless, maturity yeah, issue. But God bless us. <laughs> but that goes back to the, the to what I was saying. And like you said, we could we need to do this the right way. Yes. Um, but God bless the kid. He's made it's you know, it's no different. You know, he's made taking the most of his, his situation. But if we would have set this up properly and done this the right way, and if the NCA wouldn't have been so full of the NCA for so long and held on so long to these old rules, we could have done sure. this better. We could have done this that it had makes more sense. But so will, kudos, it, so yes. kudos to fucking Deion Sanders for using his star capability and his ability to get companies to give him money because he's Deion Sanders and he's given it to places that haven't had it before. Welcome to the real world, Dabo Sweeney. Welcome to the Florida State ain't been shit and fuck since Deion damn near left. So if you're mad the number one recruit in the country was going to go there and he decided to go to Jackson State because of Deion Sanders and because Deion could probably get him hooked up with a couple things money wise and you're mad about that. The joke's on you. Look in the mirror. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big discussion. You're mad about it, right? Like, no one's ever said Brian Kelly's a good person. Matter of fact, there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. He's an awful person. <laughs> He's an awful, awful human sure. being. And he has been. It didn't take sure. this year for me to know that. Right. 
Right. <laughs> um, so getting mad or getting surprised that he did that, like LSU wants him, right? Right. Like, but, but what is it? And that's what I kind of asked you. The situation with Brian Kelly and Urban Meyer. What to me that opens up a door into the true light of what's going on on most college campuses and the reality of what's going on in yeah. the NFL. You can still run things, especially the urban, especially the the world Urban Meyer came from, and that's probably why a guy like Brian Kelly ran when he ran. He left Notre Dame because there's only so much you can do at Notre Correct. Dame still in comparison to what you can do down in LSU. LSU is going to be – when he gets it set up right and he can get his tyranny set up the way he likes to have his tyranny set up and he can, he can run money the way he wants and he can take over that state, as much of a terrible human being as he is, he can find a way to win there. At Notre um, Dame, he had peaked. Yes. Listen, you guys are exactly right that the money's out of control in all of this, right? But people want to win. And that's why they dump the money in, right? And like, it's it comes to I'm losing. Well, I lost my train of thought here. Um, my bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It comes to a point where there's so, these guys are under so much pressure, so much scrutiny, and the reality that they can't only do so much. So even the good guys, this and I, I found my train of thought again. Even the good guys, there's a shelf life on how long they're going to be there. Right. Like yes. there's yeah. going to be turn. And, and so I think social media has amplified it. I think the money in the coaching carousel becoming a season of its own in multiple sports, but specifically in football in early December, college football, and then in January and in, in the NFL, um, those becoming its own seasons. You, you can argue all day about whether those are good or bad, but that's not going away. And like right. to think that a guy can stay in a place for you just can't. It, it's so rare. It has to be such yeah. an incredible combination. And there is just such pressure and scrutiny. So we're going to get to Mel Tucker. This. Mel Tucker, we're extremely proud of you and happy for you that you're getting that bank and getting that money. Um, it's very telling to me that we're willing to give these college coaches damn near $100 million now at certain universities in certain places. It's out of control. Urban Meyer, you should have just went to USC. You could have had all kinds of little blondes grinding on you, and nobody would have said a damn word. Yes. Now you got grown ass men and a blonde quarterback with blonde hair telling you you ain't shit. Congrats. Right. And even when you go back to TV, which he was really good at, by the way, um, he was. This shit's gonna follow you. The memes hey, are gonna follow hey, you, buddy. Hey, the people. Hey, bullshitters are perfect for TV. Yeah. Look who you're oh, talking to. Oh, for sure. Uh, trophy your Jordan face society, and and you're gonna have that, that stuff on your fingers is gonna follow you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Um, I, I think a lot of people have made the connection that Urban would never work because in the NFL, you don't just get to recruit five stars, right? And Urban right. was really good at going and getting those players, pressing the buttons for, for the right time to go back to that theme, you know, and turning them into to winners with everything in front of them in, in terms of, you know, their NFL futures. Right. Um, when we talked about this in detail on the previous podcast, you know, I said, I, I know a little bit about that. I'm, I'm an outsider when it comes to that but I can tell you the guy just can't relate to people. Like he would go and he would tell the same stories and the same motivational speeches all the time. And I was around him for long enough to know that that wasn't going to change like past his first two speeches in Jacksonville, whether it was in a closed team meeting or in front of the mics, he was going to be out of material and he was going to say the same shit. And this is just a world. that's not, not his, right. Right. He excelled in this other world, but with Ohio state playing Utah in the Rose bowl, um, I, I've been waiting a couple weeks to tell to tell this story. So watch number six linebacker for Utah. He's a bad mamma jamma. Yeah, and I expect them to win because I just think it means more to them. But anyway, so one of the rare times that I went to an Urban Meyer speaking engagement, and he broke out of 
of his box of three stories that he could tell. This is classic. I want to say he said this in the summer at Youngstown, but I'm not positive. So he's, you know, he gets to be a head coach and he takes BG from one of the worst programs in the country to win an eight or nine games two years in a row. And they're on college game day, right? And he goes to Utah and he says, he's always had people trust, he trusts in coaching. And he said, they said, Urban, it's, it's not going to be the talent. It's not going to be the level of competition. They said, the one thing at Utah is you have to take care of your own team chemistry because you have the married older Mormon players who went to college, did their mission, and came back, and they're 25, 26 years old, married with kids, playing college football. You have the younger guys from California, and you have right. the Polynesian players. Some of them are from Hawaii. Some of them from American Samoa. They're Mormon. They come to Utah. The biggest thing you have to do is you have to make them a team. You have to make sure that when things go wrong, there isn't a divide between those lines. Right. And you right. just, you have to make sure. And I mean, I, it's something you, I would have never, th- I'm sitting in my chair and I would, I would have never thought about that. Right. Not that I've ever really given Utah football no. more than two right. thoughts anyway. Right. So he says he spends his entire year, you know, just keeping that in mind and they're good. And they, I think they, they go to like the Liberty bowl or something and they're playing Southern Miss. So you go to these bowl games and you do all these events and it includes both teams. You know, you go to, a, you have bowling night and you have this night and then you have the banquet night with the local Kiwanis club and the local mayor and all that. He says, so they go to this banquet and it's like urban sitting there with like the mayor and like the president of the local Kiwanis club and urban's assistant is sitting with like the other team's offensive coordinator and the other team's quarterback and a couple players, right? It's, it's a big sportsmanship deal and, you know, people pay to get in and meet these guys and all that. So he says, what at the banquet, they introduce all the players from every team. And he says, he's watching this DB from Southern Miss. And, and the, the whole time he's looking at this big Polynesian player from, uh, from Utah. And he said, he's just like in all, like he's never seen a man this big, right? He says, so it comes to a time and they're introducing the guys and they call the guy up to go up to the podium or get his award. And he said, the Southern Miss DB looks over at Irvin and goes, that's the biggest Puerto Rican I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God. And I mean, not only did I come out of my skin laughing, but then you do it all over again because you realize like Urban Meyer is showing a little bit of personality. (laughs) And it was so funny that it stuck with him because the only things that have stuck with him are the same five regurgitated lines over and over and over again. Right. 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 And so, you know, congrats to Jacksonville. You've been a bad organization for a long time, but just as recently as three or four years ago, you were playing in the AFC championship game. And now you've reinforced your place as the laughing stock by thinking this would work. And you have this incredibly talented young quarterback who was going to need years of seizing right. and development anyway, and you completely wasted his first year. They had nine rushing yards and eight first downs the other day. Right. What are they doing? They're going to kill that quarterback. They're going to kill him before they have any chance, Zach. Yes. So they, he's got to go. It's over for Urban. And we got to go because I got to be on the Case Keenum Zoom call. So oh, thanks. Tell Case to watch out, man. I don't want nobody Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan him. <laughs> um, we'll see. Right now the Browns have a game scheduled for 430 Saturday. We have every reason to believe it's going to be there. It's Wednesday. Hopefully the Caps I'll, play hopefully tonight. Hopefully I'll be in Milwaukee and be able to watch the Browns at 430. It'll be 330 there. And then we tip at 8, which is 9 o'clock in Milwaukee. Giannis is out of that game. Hey, Cavs, keep taking advantage of all these other teams fucking up. And then we're in Atlanta on Sunday, and I got to tell you quickly on the schedule, it's real funny. Atlanta, NBA, us, brothers, everybody going down there, we are in and out, Zach. We get there late in the middle of the night, and we play like at 7 o'clock, and our asses – and then we we play Boston like on Wednesday. 
They're making us fly home Sunday night from Atlanta and then flying to Boston on Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, that's your Cavs rundown. Um, Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we will talk to you. I don't know when it'll be. Bring your microphone, Dre. Uh, Yeah, I'll bring my microphone with it. We'll talk next. We're going to do another one. We're going to do a couple of them. We're going to get a couple before the year's out. Yeah, we've heard this shit before. COVID, and I still stand by it. Wash your hands and wash your ass. There's some nasty people out there, y'all. I can't, after you say that, I can't even do the American Fireworks read to finish it off. Bang, bang. Yeah, buy some, <laughs> buy some fireworks for, for, for Christmas. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. <laughs>